Jamila and Anybody Everybody Tottenham is a Boy Monthly Podcast introducing the good people of Tottenham to you. Today I'm talking to Janet, a retired special needs educator, and we're talking her passion for reading, libraries, volunteering in Herringay, and mental health in children. Welcome, Janet. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. So you have been working in Tottenham for over 20 years? Yes, but I'm now retired. I'm oh. not working anymore. So what was your, your job? What was your What is your connection to Tottenham? Uh, well, initially I did my teacher's training and was first of all in a primary school in Tottenham and uh, the school was associated with a special needs school so from the onset a uh, special needs part of the school these were children with quite complex difficulties they were included in our classes but they had their own support from the school that they'd been at which had closed down and they'd done this integrated project so that the children were put in certain primary schools with support and I also worked alongside a teacher from that special school so from there my love of working with special needs children developed and I was there for a couple of years and then there was a school in Tottenham that had, had a, what they called an opportunity class and talking a long time ago but the opportunity class was failed miserably by it wasn't Ofsted then it was the inspectors and it was closed down and at the time in Haringey they had a resource space attached to a mainstream school for children with speech and language difficulties but it only went up to key stage one so they wanted to set up a, a similar resource space and I was approached because I was so passionate about special needs, to go and set it up. So initially it was with eight children and we were attached to this mainstream school in Tottenham. And it was a, an amazing experience. It was so rewarding. Then I was approached by another school to be, become their Senko. And this was a larger, much larger primary school in Tottenham, not far from the previous school. Was. That's where I stayed as a Senko for many years. <laughs> What changes have you noticed during your career when it comes to Tottenham about the intake of the students and how has this affected the whole school? Yeah, I've mentioned last time how the properties in Tottenham, we, we had a massive influx of Eastern European families and they were very much wanting their children to do really, really well. And that definitely brought about some changes and they also wanted to become more involved in the school. Similarly, a number of the properties were bought by more middle-class families and because they came from such a, a richer background, they brought a lot to the school and we did start getting volunteers coming in, parents uh, volunteering for different things and then the PTA was set up, which had never happened before. Parent-teacher, is it association? Or? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Just in case somebody doesn't know. Um, and, and what, what um, has the PTA done for that school? Well, 
when I was there, they started things like an international day once a year. There was lots of fundraisers and the that got all the communities involved, which was absolutely lovely, especially the international days. They were amazing. What kind of communities did you have in your school? Turkish, Caribbean, African, Asian, every nationality, Chinese, everything. What um, brought you to Tottenham in the first place? Uh, I grew up in Finsbury Park, and uh, I don't know if you know Finsbury Park, but there's one main uh, road, Strad Green Road, and one side is Islington, and the other side is Haringey. Uh, so I've always been in North London. This is yeah where I've grown up, where I've always lived. But did you ever um, venture into the the deep end of Tottenham before because I was wondering what your impressions even when you were growing up what was the, the the vibe would you go in that direction or well well when I was growing up Finsbury Park was sim very similar to Tottenham it would be classed as a, a rough area but Finsbury Park has changed so much over the years uh, as has Islington I mean in the past Islington was not a sought-after area And Tottenham is really where Islington was many years ago. It desperately needs regeneration. I think that the stadium is, um, which is amazing, Tottenham Stadium. Uh, I'm sure that that will bring some changes. Yeah, I was wondering: is is that what you studied at university? If your if your angle was English before you trained as a primary school teacher, or No, no, uh, no, no. Um, I uh, left school when I was 16 and I had loads of different jobs. And then I had uh, Samantha when I was 19. So it, I went back to I went into education much later. And in those days, you could even get a grant, you know, <laughs> to do your uh, degree. So I, no, I didn't have any specialism. It's um, uh, but I've always from a young child had a love of reading And the library was the most important thing in my life. Uh, I used to go every week <laughs> and get my four books. And so that's why I've, I'm passionate about reading, because uh, I come from a very working class background. Um, there, there was no books in our house at all. And I was the only one that read. But it was from a young age, I absolutely, you know, lost myself in it. And uh, I think that that's what's That's what set me up to be able to go into teaching later. And that's what I always wanted to instill in the children I worked with. Yeah. So there was nothing I loved more than uh, reading at the end of the day to them. And especially chapter books when it ended on a cliffhanger, each chapter. And then you get to the end and they say, no, don't stop there. Don't stop there, miss. <laughs> no, it's home time. <laughs> Do you remember what your path into reading was then if there were no books at home? Was it in school? It must have been. I was, you know, I was quite young. It must have been in school. But once I discovered reading, that was it. I was away. <laughs> And then the library, uh, I used to go from the age of seven on my own to the library, choose my books, come back. I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't let a child of seven in that go off on their own. But yeah. <laughs> But what's the state of libraries in, in Herringay at the moment? Because I feel like Wood Green Library has, has cut down a lot. Oh, they've ruined it. They've ruined Wood Green Library, absolutely destroyed it. Yeah, it's really sad because in 
Harangay near the ladder, there's a beautiful little library, and but it's hardly used. What is it called? Does it have a name? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember, but it's just off the ladder. Uh, and, and, and they do have like a, a craft circle and all sorts of activities going on there. And I, 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 just, I just wish that we could get the library to be more of a hub, the hub of the community. I think Totten Green Library is a better library. And also it's got the added attraction of having the sports uh, and the swimming pool there, the leisure centre there beside it, because it's just a great way to get people in. When I was in Tottenham, I used to organise trips for families and take them along to try and get them to sign up and you know like you can have all these dvds it doesn't cost anything you can to have all these books but just out of curiosity for me what what jobs did you do kind of and and why did you decide to go into education after all these jobs oh, well when i left school it was so easy to get a job it was untrue and um i mean i've From a child, I always worked, but, you know, illegally, <laughs> you know, in cafes and uh, shops and all sorts. So my first job when I left school was uh, at HSBC Bank. Uh, they wouldn't even consider me now. I mean, I had no qualifications whatsoever. I left school too, too early. And I also was offered a job with Nat West. So I chose. <laughs> you would never get away with it now. And then I had my children And um, I was, what did it for me was I was, work, I, I started working part-time in a nursery and Samantha came with me and I, I, I loved it. And I started doing the nursery nursing course, but it, it was all play. I wanted more. And so then I decided to do a degree. Uh, so I was doing that part-time and on days when I wasn't working to get some money, I became a, a supply teaching assistant. And then I went into schools and then I saw what was going on and I saw some inspiring teachers and I saw some awful teachers. And it, uh, and especially I was watching the kids with special needs because those are the ones that I was usually assigned to. And um, that developed my passion. And I thought, when I finish my degree, I'm going to do a PGCE and I'm going to go into teaching. If you were in charge of education, primary school education, what would you change? Where would you invest in? Oh, developing children's mental health and uh, their ability to express their feelings. I think that, you know, if you, so many children have trauma in their lives, but if you have got an open, warm environment where children have a safe place to speak, you can support children. Sometimes you can alleviate something really simply. Children internalize things and if they don't get a chance to express it and have explained to them it can develop out of all sense of proportion when I was uh, for instance there was a, a child that I worked with and his father was an alcoholic and uh, he he died and of course this child was devastated but it went kind of deeper than that he He couldn't talk about it at all. So there's a, an amazing children's charity called Winston's Wish. I don't know if you've heard of it. And they just work with children who've suffered bereavement. So it could be a brother, could be a sibling, could be a parent. And um, he, uh, we put him forward to go to Winston's Wish. Uh, and um, he... They, they have them for the day and they do fun things with them and they make create memory boxes and there's counsellors and there's all trainees 
And it was through his sessions there that it came out what had actually happened. The mother had gone out and he was at home with the dad and the dad was choking and he asked for a glass of water and the child gave him the glass of water and later, you know, I think it must have been a heart attack or something, he died. And, of course, afterwards uh, the mother was devastated and the child was in the house and she was having phone calls with people and she was saying, well, of course, it was the drink that killed him and that's what the child heard. So he thought he'd killed his dad and he would have carried that round with him forever, only Winston's wish, and then they were able to help him to understand that it wasn't that drink. So, and and what are you doing nowadays? You you don't look old enough to be proper retired. <laughs> well, I am. So now I'm volunteering for, I was volunteering for Macmillan for quite a while. I was the coordinator for North London. They run a scheme, it's like a buddying scheme for people that have got cancer. But then with lockdown, it all stopped. It was all telephone stuff. And I'm a people's person. I have to be face to face. So I've now I volunteer for a charity called Compassion, and it's uh, based. It was based in Wembley, but moved to Alexandra Palace. They've all been temporary kitchens over lockdown. So everyone there was a volunteer. All the chefs. I was one of the volunteers. We were just uh, washing up, peeling vegetables, uh, packing the, the food. And they they used to make over like a thousand meals a day and everything depended on what ingredients were uh, donated. And then we would pack them into microwavable containers and anyone could take them. For instance, the Muslim Centre in Finsbury Park, that was one of our places that we would deliver the food to and anyone could go and take uh, the, the food. So, and that's been brilliant. So, compassion. What initiatives um, are you aware of in Tottenham that you think people could join and, and maybe that would help to kind of regenerate and, and, and create more positive changes within the community? Because uh, I'm not working now, I'm not so involved in things as I used to be, but there's one initiative that's going on in Haringey. I think uh, a lot of elderly people are quite isolated and uh, Haringey have got this service it's a charity uh, and it's called Haringey Circle and with lockdown of course they've not been able to do as much as they would like to do but I think that it's not well known enough just yet but it's a brilliant uh, organisation and uh, I think you pay a, a nominal fee to become a member and then you can have access to all sorts of when things are up and going again activities that people can go to book clubs bingo all sorts of stuff but it's also got a service where people register to become a tradesperson for instance a decorator or a gardener and anyone who's a member can access those people and rather than being ripped off uh, there'll be you know so there's charged. some vetting of those yeah. people mm. yeah yeah and i think that that would be a, a, a godsend if it was more widely known and if more people got involved because I think a lot of people would get involved uh, but I do feel that you know a lot of elderly people are quite isolated we need to do more to help them. So do you have any other top tips 
where you feel people could eat or people could drink or because I know you've got a dog as well maybe the top dog groomer or oh she, she doesn't get groomed <laughs> she's scruffy <laughs> no we don't do any of that <laughs> I mean there are just so many lovely places in Tottenham to go uh walk in you know in I think we're very lucky in London to have such beautiful green spaces uh, without a doubt, you know, Downhills Park is lovely, Lordship Wreck is lovely, and the hub at your Lordship Wreck, that's a real community base where there's there was lots going on, and I'm sure there will be even more in the future. So that would be something I would definitely uh, advise people to check out. It's in Lordship Wreck, and uh, it's called the hub. I'm sure they must have a website. There's a community cafe there. But they also do kids clubs, clubs for elderly people. They have a choir that practices there and all sorts of activities. And I think that it'd be good to get uh, people to know about that. Yeah, I did a watercolor class there once. It's really nice. And I've seen on their, they've got an Instagram that they are up and running again. I saw yesterday that they were doing some yoga. And you mentioned last time a restaurant that you would like to recommend? Oh, yes, San Marcos. Lovely family-run restaurant, been there for many, many, many years. Food is wonderful, really homely food, Italian food, and uh, lovely people working there. Uh, yeah, I would definitely. What dish would you recommend? Or do you think, like, just everything? Oh, everything, yeah. Um yeah yeah oh I, I it's not good but I used to love the calves liver it was delicious not a good thing to be recommending <laughs> and and you said there was some art in, in that restaurant as well yeah yeah the um he's the owner now because uh, his father has retired and he is an artist I, I'm not sure how much art he's doing at the moment because I think he's really busy managing the restaurant but he, he put display all his own artwork in the restaurant and you could buy them so and they're beautiful really good pieces of work so thank you very much for this conversation Janet and all the best for your volunteering thank you and good luck with your project and all, all your work good luck lovely to meet you yeah Okay, thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, learned something new, and let that Tottenham love grow. Take care, and until next time, bye!